Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Hellblazer.biz with Chris Gordon. Imagine a world where you could have your questions asked to the stars of TV and film and hear them respond in exclusive, candid interviews. Well, you don't have to imagine. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. This is Julia F.S. from Germany. I'm hanging out with Chris Gordon on HellblazerBiz.com. So, good day, everybody. I have the honour and privilege of the company of Julia Effertz, a lovely German actress this evening. So, how are you? My God, your pronunciation is impeccable. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, yeah, I did, I, I've spoken to you before. I did I did learn German in university. It's what my degree was in. I've not spoken it in a long time, though, so I'm really happy that I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, wir können auch auf Deutsch reden, aber <laughs> I think... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, klar. <laughs> I think one... that, that we would need subtitles, right? We would, yeah, we, we'd, we'd, need, we'd need subtitles, and mm. I can't be sure that I'd guarantee that I'll be able to translate all my questions straight away. <laughs> I could and try. Whether, and whether the British sense of humour passes, or whether yeah. it gets lost in translation, you know, it's all... <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, when I lived there, I saw Monty Python and Blackadder translated to German, and it just, it was great, it just didn't, you couldn't get the sense, I mean, it's not knocking the language, it's just, it's whatever happens, because it's such a unique humour. I know, I know, and you know what, I have a confession to make, for a very long time, I didn't get Monty Python. I didn't get it. They made us watch this in English class, (laughs) and I was, when you're a young German adolescent, I just, I was watching it as a um, where's the joke? <laughs> Sorry, this I know this is this is blasphemy. Uh, eventually, I got it, and now mm-hmm. I, I think it's super funny, and uh, I like the British <laughs> sense of humor. I love it actually, um, and I think it's actually quite similar to the German sense of humor. It is actually. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I don't know. It just it, it was at the time I felt it was a different culture, and I didn't I didn't connect to it at the mm-hmm. time when I was younger, but. But there you go. That's all right. My wife, my, <laughs> my wife's been in the U. Well, she's UK born and bred, and she hasn't got a clue. She really doesn't understand it still. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just get blank looks when I say it. You know, when I, I I'm in crying with laughter at um, certain things like the Holy Grail and you know, 
I fart in your general direction, and she's just like, you what? <laughs> well, it is a very peculiar sense of humor, and I get, you know, and um, I guess humor always is. I mean, there's certain German comedians that I don't get either, mm. uh, and I think they're not funny. I think they're rather stupid, actually. Um, but it, it, it really depends, and there's a certain there are certain American comedians that I love, and others yeah. I just. Um, I don't, you know, it doesn't connect with me culturally, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's there's quite a few comedians. Yeah, like that, especially especially nowadays as well, there's a different type of comedy. And I don't really, it's not the kind of comedy that I can understand or relate to. I'll just sit and watch and that's really not funny. But if you put Blackadder or Monty Python in front of me, my humour, tears streaming down my face. uh, When everyone else is just sitting there looking at you thinking, why? (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's, it's strange what what makes us tick and what what Mm. moves us, what resonates. Uh, The same, I guess, with drama, uh, romance, um, uh, this being said, do you like a Saturday Night Live? I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I do like that. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. They're doing pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of material. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Some of those sketches that they've put out have been absolutely spot on. Um, <laughs> the, spice, <laughs> the Spicer one was just... <laughs> Spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Melissa McCarthy is, is wonderful. She's, I mean, a fan- she's a fantastic she's... comedian. <laughs> mm. I mean, I was to be fair, I was really worried about the Ghostbusters remake because I just wasn't. I'm very, you know, not sexist or anything like that. I was just like, it's just so much of a change from the original. But I love it. I think it's absolutely because Melissa McCarthy. It was great. Yeah, you know, it, Melissa it was Mac- funny. It was fresh. Um, there was nothing wrong with it. Um, no. I mean, if I have to, if I have to be critical. I would have to be critical of the concept of a remake per se. Mm. Obviously, that's up to discussion. Should does a certain franchise need a remake? Um, they're currently talking about. I don't know if you've heard it. You know that German film Tony Erdmann, which was nominated for the foreign Oscar just now. That oh, they right, lost. Yeah. Um, they didn't win, but it was this big sort of German comedy that was all the, the toast of the town at Cannes last year. Um, so they've they've received quite a few awards, yeah. uh, and they're already the, the the film is still in in cinemas, but they're already talking about the Hollywood remake, oh. and they want Jack Nicholson is coming out of retirement to to do the the, the male lead, and I mean I love Jack Nicholson, he's he's mm. great, but um, it, I want it, does it really need that? I mean, does that film? Need a remake? I don't know. Yes, yeah. I get the whole thing about subtitles and and perhaps mm. the the essence of a story not translating so well into another cultural language, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you mean, especially so soon as well. I mean, you know, my my view on it is, I mean, I'm friends with, as you would be, with a lot, you are yourself a writer, you know, (laughs) that's one of the things that you do. And there are a lot of talented writers out there, and it does, it pains me to think, there's all these talented writers, there's all these creativity and these stories which are not even getting looked at because the big studios, let's just remake something that was so successful, it'll be successful again because it's just got that name on it. And that's how I feel about it. And it's just, you know... And, but <laughs> I hear you. Or let's do another Marvel... Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Which, 
comic character haven't we used yet or let's let's do another round of batman versus whoever it is right now i don't know i don't even know anymore who is it batman versus superman, superman. batman versus is it superman. superman or yeah. is it was it captain america or... no no two different comp two oh two different genres there you really are you've just annoyed I'm... everybody <laughs> i mean they're all kind of related aren't they are <laughs> married or divorced from each other i don't know but I, I i must say i'm excited about logan have you seen it i've not uh... seen it yet i've heard so many good things about that to be fair it's meant, mm. it's meant to be the best um i mean hugh jackman's just a great actor anyway and yeah, yeah. And Patrick... he's a sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> and sir patrick stewart in there as well so yeah it's a good mix mm. cool i mean <laughs> trying to i'll try and focus back on the questions i had because <laughs> no don't <laughs> mind so i've been this is what we do jabber away so <laughs> you did kind of mention what what decided to make you become an actor in the, or actress in the first place <gasps> oh my god it's that dreaded first question <laughs> yeah. so julia tell me um well um, well, you know the saying, uh, you, you don't choose acting, acting chooses you. I'm sure you've heard that uh, 10 gazillion times already from colleagues. Um, but in my case, it, it was really true. Um, I, I basically, I was, um, I was discovered. Mm-hmm. It, it was the old tale. I was discovered. I was 10 years old. And I, um, I, my family had no connections with the industry. Um, I just, I guess I just grew up... Um, with a very vivid imagination. I love telling stories. I, I was a little ballerina as a girl, you know, as, as girls are, and I just loved expressing myself. And then at the age of 10, I won a reading competition in my hometown of Cologne. Oh. And I was scouted um, by people from the West German um, broadcasting company, so the mm-hmm. West German equivalent to the BBC, uh, because they liked my voice and they liked what I was doing with the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they said, hey, come on in, do, do a casting. Uh, and I, that's how I got my first part. Uh, cool. And that first part was as a, basically as a voice actor. Um, and my colleague at the time was a little boy uh, mm-hmm. called uh, Daniel. And I don't know if you know him, but he's now a very famous actor in Germany. His name is Daniel Brühl. He's uh, probably the uh, most famous German export in terms of the acting world. And Mm -hmm. he's doing phenomenally well. Um, So I I was sort of fortunate to to work with and learn from very good people um, when I was little. So I did that for many years. um, And then I completely quit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, well, my story is a bit is a bit funny um, because so I, I got started very early, but then I um, decided to focus on academia. Mm-hmm. I come from a very conservative family, very academically, you know, oriented. So I did my A levels. Um, I and then I went to university and I studied literature. Okay. And I actually um, had a. I guess a slightly short-lived uh, career in academia. I even taught um, for a while, okay. including at UK universities. <laughs> so, um, but I never, acting never, as I said, you don't choose acting, acting chooses you. So at the back of my mind, there was always this this performer, Julia, who was kind of silenced for a while. And um, I was going to go down the route of academia, but eventually there comes that point where if you really are a performer, if you are an actor, mm-hmm. um, that acting soul will will start rebelling. At, and, you know, eventually you sit down with yourself and you say, okay, where is this going? And life is short, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to give this another go. <laughs> and I'd always been acting on the side. I'd never completely abandoned it. 
Um, so I, I had by then moved to England um, and I had become involved in, in acting uh, in England again. Mm-hmm. I, um, so I decided, okay, let's give this a go uh, again. Um, and I hit the ground running. I, I did an industry showcase in London. I secured my, my first London agent, mm-hmm. um, got some great feedback. And I, I was being very gentle with myself, taking it one step at a time and saying, okay, let's, let's take the next step. Okay, let's see how the industry showcase goes. Okay, that went well. Okay. Oh, I got an agent interested. Okay, let's see how that goes. And, you know, and bit by bit, I just returned and... Um, and that's it. And I, I, I can't really rationally explain why I'm an actor. It's just who I am, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's what I was um, born to do and um, what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. <laughs> so that sounds very bit sort of spiritual, but that's um, that's the, the best I can explain. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's correct. That is, that is really good. And it's a really, it's a really good way of saying it. It's like you're obviously acting acting finds you i mean people i mean i have to tell everybody and say everyone's really really annoyed when they hear me say this over and over i did it when i was in school i was I, my yeah. parents were my dad was a minister and my mum was a headmistress so they wanted to steer me down the academia route so i kind of dropped i did drama i was going to go to um yeah. lambda i was going to take a, a courses for you know exams for lambda at the time but I dropped it because it, it to be a sensible career for you know to go somewhere else, which was, you know, yeah, in yeah. my best interest. <laughs> I did I the musicals, and I loved it. But if I, th- I was listening to you saying that, and that's it's just sparked my memory in the fact that since then there's been a lot of times where I've done whatever I can to sort of perform, even if it's not on screen or stage. Um, I did reenacting for a while about ten uh-huh. years ago. It, so it would only been about a few years after university I got into reenacting. So I was going around teaching people, but dressed in. A, we did World War Two to start with, and then I moved to Vietnam. And we, I'd go around the different places dressed as a Vietnamese, you know, soldier from Vietnam, and teach people. But I was playing the character of a soldier in Vietnam War. I, I made friends out there. So, so to me, that again, that was it was it, I was in a different persona. I was acting to, to people and uh, who come to watch these shows, and then. It, excuse me then i've lost my train of thought <laughs> and then obviously <laughs> came back so I, and then i did wrestling a few years ago um not quite recently i i injured myself which is why i, I, I finished okay. but the act but it was acting it was the actual character of which i see, i loved more than anything i enjoyed obviously the physical side of throwing as throwing people out of ring and stuff um it's a it's a great stress relief believe me when you've had a really bad day you can spend four hours on a saturday pummeling <laughs> someone else <laughs> it's <laughs> it's great for, but we had to do characters and um i mean i was twice the age of most of the kids there because I, I was doing it to get fit but they all called me the king uh the king of promos because it just brought it all back to me, and that's what the passion—the passion—that's why I started this up again. Because that mm-hmm. passion, because I used—we used to do promos, so people stand up and they'll just give you a mic, and they'll go out and say, "Right, your character is this." Go out and give, you know, a three-minute promo in that character. This is what's, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd go out and they just do it constantly, and all these kids are sitting there going, and I'm not bigging myself up, but they'd just be sat there going. Because I'd come out, I'd be like the English aristocracy gentleman. I'd be the campers, anything. Oh, behave. You know, that kind of... <laughs> the camp press. And they'd just come out and do all these... Ca- and I just loved it. And, and the you know, and the feeling that pe- it was entertaining people. What it, yeah, what it does to people and, and sort of the, the, 
the imagination that it, mm. it just uh, um, brings to life. It, it's just, it's beautiful. It is, yeah. yeah. And that's the kind of, yeah, so, sorry, mm. I know, so, I didn't mean to draw that back on me, but I was I was listening to you and thinking, <laughs> it's true. And I mean, I, I was in a, I was in an independent film last year, which I, which my first, you know, step back in. So I'm, I'm trying to get back into it and through my interviews as well it, to get yeah. into this career, even if it, the interviews is for me is still the passion I can do mm-hmm. through it. But, um, no, I, I totally, I can totally relate to that. I think um, it's it's a beautiful thing. The one thing I always tell people who ask me, so Julia, oh, so you're an actress, actress, can you give me some advice? You know, mm. where do I get started? And I always tell them, look, it, and I'm sure you've had that again a thousand <laughs> times before. If you can find anything else to do with your life other than acting, if you feel that this will, um, that this could be your purpose and this will make you happy, then do that. Um, because the, as we, we've talked about this, this earlier, um, you have to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. Acting, when people ask me, oh, so you're an actress, so you must be walking the red carpet all the time. Or, oh, so what are you currently working on? And to be honest, I mean, for a lot of us, um, we get quite precious little time doing the actual acting. Of course, we do that as well. But mm-hmm. a lot of what it means to be an actor is everything that's that surrounds it the, the, the um you know marketing uh and yeah. and sending out applications and and um you know establishing good relationships with um casting directors directors mm-hmm. producers um networking going to film festivals uh, it's a lot of sort of um it's a very hands-on job and it's not always oh i'm i'm in theater so and so and i'm performing mm-hmm. yes of course it that happens as well, but um, you have to enjoy the other um, components of the job as well. Otherwise, you will not be happy. Um, and yeah, and I can what you just mentioned about how that made you feel. Um, as I said, it's, it's sometimes hard to rationalize why I'm an actor. As I said, it, it, it shows me, and I just know in every fiber of my being when I'm acting. Um, I'm completely there. I'm where I'm supposed to be. It feels nothing has ever felt so right. In, I mean, it, it, that, that sounds weird because obviously I, I'm very happy with the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you understand what I mean. I do. But in that moment, there, there's this. I, there's there is a focus which I don't get anywhere else, and um, and this feeling that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm right where I'm supposed to be here mm-hmm. on stage or in front of the camera or uh, in front of a microphone doing voiceover or a commercial or whatever. Yeah. Or even also teaching, acting, uh, things like that. that that's, that's, where I'm, that's where the universe wants me to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, totally understand that. As I can say with that film I did last year with the Independent, most of the time I was sat there, and, and that's something else people don't realise. There's a there can be a lot of waiting if you've got. Um, I, I think I had twenty lines, and I was told to get there for ten a.m. and I'd be finished by five. I got there at ten a.m. I didn't have any dinner with me because I thought I'd be finished by five. I finished half ten at night, uh-huh. and most of I was I was sat there. And but what you've just said, it's because. You know, it's the feeling you're supposed to be there. But even when I was sat, I was watching it all being done, and, be, and, I, and I've never ever had a feeling of this is where I belong. You know, even just watching everything, and it was, it is. It's, I was, and, and when you're in the moment, on my when I got to my scenes, I was really worried I'd screw it up. But I got on there, and it was one take wonder on some of them. I was like, yes, you know, and it's brilliant. And even lying on concrete because my character was a nasty character, and I got acid poured over me at the end, which was mm. deserved. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> For two and a half hours lying on concrete with my hands behind my back. In you know, waiting for them to film and read, take the cameras and everything like that, and I was just sat there with a big grin on my face because it was just like, this is what I'm, this is what I want to be. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ah. Uh, so that was a okay. So you mentioned theatre as well. Have you worked in theatre much? I, I know... have. I'm a I'm a classically trained actress, so I come from the theatre. The theatre is my 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 ground uh, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm rooted and. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's, it's um, what can I say about theatre? I I would say, well, I have to give massive credit to England okay. <laughs> because part of the reason why I moved to England um, in my mid twenties was because I wanted to move to the country of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wouldn't be the actress I am today if it wasn't for England. So. <laughs> Thank you, England. No, no, I mean it. I, I, I mean it. I went there, and um, it is such a rich uh, theatre tradition, and I, I learned so much um, just just acting there. So I did. I mean, a lot of it is fringe theatre, of course. Um, um, I haven't yet done any West End theatre. I would love to do that, but. Um, the, the, I mean, the, the the quality of the productions in England is just so phenomenal, and mm-hmm. I just had a blast. I mean, the, the, I I acted my way all the way from Shakespeare to sort of modern uh, physical theatre like Mark Ravenhill, um, Carol Churchill. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and and theatre is. I mean, I love film. I'm now working predominantly in film, television, as well as voiceover. Um, but theatre has this immediacy, um, and I'm sure many, many colleagues will tell you the same thing. There's nothing that compares to that moment when you're on stage and <laughs> it all boils down to this this concentrated, focused thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there is a, there's a palpable life energy in the room between you and the audience and no two evenings are the same um, and the most amazing things can happen during a live performance, <laughs> including screwing up, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't think I've ever screwed up massively, but but you never know. Sometimes things happen or or just whatever. Some, sometimes props <laughs> take, can, take a, can take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they start behaving oddly or... or <laughs> Oh, you know, just just the stage kind of disintegrates. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a fun universe. Oh yeah, it? it is. It's definitely. I mean, 
I did again. Props. Sorry. <laughs> you, mm. you, this is what I love about talking to actors because it, it's just spring. You know, it's, <laughs> my, this is where my show gets its name. Ramblings from, I guess. <laughs> um, when I did un- theatre at uni, because I did mm. it as a hobby. Um, there, I was a pantomime dame. That's got to be one of the funniest characters I've seen. Aww, <laughs> but wonderful. I but I did Macbeth, and I was one of the one of the lords talking and I was also the night watchman I was about seven characters so I kept having mm-hmm. to costume change and you mentioned the props because when I was the night watchman and I was sat on stage I had the um, a men's night dress on and it was in front of all the local high school kids uh, it was the same performance that this happened in by the way both things and everyone was laughing I didn't realise why it's because the night dress had come up to my short obviously past my knees I, I'm not used to wearing a skirt <laughs> and so <laughs> So I didn't cross my legs or anything like that. So all these school kids were looking straight up. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so they were upskirting you. <laughs> upskirting me. I only had, and I only had boxer shorts on, sat on the Bad. side of the stage. And the second time when I was a lord, I had a pipe in my mouth. And I had mm-hmm. tobacco with tobacco in And we were obviously trying to sup on the tobacco. And I'm, I'm not a smoker, so it was like... And giving a really big speech about how we think, obviously, Macbeth, something's going wrong with Macbeth, what's happening mm. with this, that, and the other. I bit on the pipe, and the lump of tobacco just slow motion flew out the pipe and landed right on the floor in front of me and <clears throat> got a round of applause at the end for not corpsing because me and the guy next to us, we we, we were there, you know, all the kids crying with laughter as because they, they had all seen this. <laughs> and me and this guy just got through the rest of the speeches between us. And everyone was like, way when we finished it. Because it was just like, you know, well done for not... I mean, I, I laugh at the slightest Exactly. Thing. I mean, I know it, it, it's super funny in in, uh, in retrospect, but in the moment, you, you kind of, you have to deal with it and yeah. you can't, you know, and, but that's where it becomes super alive and, and, mm. and very dynamic. And, um, and to be, I, I also have to um, give credit to Uni Theatre in England um, because I was also involved with, um, well, Oxford University Drama okay. Society um, while I was in Oxford. And, um and and I have to um, I have to give it to them the um, the sheer amount of productions they put on per term and 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 the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we don't have that in Germany, for instance. I mean, of course, there is uh, uni theatre at German universities, but yeah. it, it doesn't have the same professional ambition. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I remember in Oxford they um, there were agents, London agents, coming down from London mm. to watch sort of finalists perform. <laughs> on the stage in Oxford and some some of these kids got signed straight off um, wow. the Oxford Uni Theatre scene and I, I thought, wow, um, this would not happen in, in Germany. It's a totally different system. But um, I, I was amazed by the quality of uh, Uni Theatre. Mm, definitely. I mean, so what, my dad used to play the drums um, mm. arrest him, and he was a minister but he's also a semi-pro drummer and he played at Footlights at Cambridge when uh, Hugh and ah, yes, Stephen course. Fry and Hugh Laurie were there so mm-hmm. yeah you know it, that, you've got those that's what I mean you can see through uni theatre you've got stars like this come all the way through um, so that was one of the things he was privileged to be you know to, to have those guys on stage at the same time <laughs> and, and I can I can see why because it, it's a good system because um, mm. to me um Acting really, it's an apprenticeship. It really is a hands-on job. I always in, in German, I always say, um, how do you say? That? Well, in German, I would say, um, I'm a handwerker. I'm a handyman or handywoman, mm-hmm. um, almost like a carpenter, or, or, or you know these old trades that mm-hmm. you learn on the job. And acting traditionally, historically, acting used to be a lot like that. It very much was an apprenticeship, and 
you would learn just by doing it, by acting, and mm-hmm. you would get better and better and better. And, um, and I love the fact that at Oxford, Cambridge, other universities in the UK, you can just do that. You can, If you want to, you can be yeah. in five, ten productions per term, and obviously you, academically you, you, <laughs> you probably have to have to negotiate and compromise. But um, I knew there were a few kids who, who kind of did every audition they could and mm-hmm. and who were totally into this. And um, I, I think that's a great, for me, that's also, um, I mean, of course, drama schools are great, and I, I think that's a very good way um, if you want to become an actor. But also if you're, if you get the chance to just act for three years at university, mm-hmm. I think that's superb training on the job. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, if you've got talent, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. And it's a great way for, you know, for young people to get into it as well because they could just be there and they might just decide at that point, now let's, let's give this a go and find that it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, like you said, that it's drawn them right in. It's, they're, they're born to yeah. do it. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, it's, it's a bit like rep theatre, you know, repertoire. Mm. Um, um, which I, I, I hear a lot about. I mean, obviously, it's sort of, it's it's really struggling uh, also in Germany, but I know in the UK, rep theatre is struggling yeah. um, financially, etc. But uh, that's what it, to me, it looks like, um, you know, being at uni for three years and then you can, you can just be an actor and, and just do it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just, it's brilliant, isn't it? Fantastic thing. And, um, being obviously in the German uh, side of things as well, are there any big differences besides language between like the German fi- uh, film industries and the entertainment industries and the, like the UK, UK and US? Are there any major differences? Oh wow! How much time have we got? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wow! Oh, that's a, that's um. What do you mean? I mean, it's a, it, mm, there is a simple answer and there is a probably a more complex answer. The simple answer is no um Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're all storytellers and we're all trying to tell stories that are meaningful to us and that we think are worth telling yeah this being said um the 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 german system hmm well how can i say ah okay i'll I'll try and and (laughs) be concise well first of all in terms of the system itself i'll I'll compare it to the uk mostly Mm -hmm. um because i know that one uh best um the german system is much more regional in terms Mm -hmm. of the funding and in terms of productions so for instance if you are an actor in the uk or filmmaker you usually want to be in or around london because Mm -hmm. that's where everything is that's where the big production companies are the companies are that's where the casting directors are that's where everything takes place in germany it's not so um strictly focused on just one city so it's not just the states haven't you the different states Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we've got several bigger cities apart from berlin that also that we also call uh, media cities or mm-hmm. cities which have a, um, um, a considerable amount of productions and production houses. So we've got uh, in the south in Bavaria, there's Munich, yep. uh, which is home to, to the Bavaria Film Production Company. So that's a massive. Mm-hmm. And Bavaria is a very rich country, <laughs> a very rich federal state. Oh, yeah. uh, country, I shouldn't call it country. They, they'd love to. I was going to say they wouldn't <laughs> complain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, one of the, it's, it's a very rich, very yeah. affluent federal state. So they've got a very healthy and robust uh, film and television industry down there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got um, the Southwest. Mm, there, there is a, a regional broadcasting company there. It's not that prominent, but there's Cologne, mm-hmm. uh, my hometown, which is very, very, um, very strong in television, comedy. And then you've got Hamburg up in the north, which yeah. is also, which does a lot of commercials that 
So there you go. Then you've got Berlin, of course. And Berlin um, is more and more becoming the new center of um, pretty much for film, I would say. There's lots of American and international co-productions shooting in Berlin because there are tax incentives, of course. Um, it's, it's relatively cheaper than compared to Paris yeah. or London or New York. Um, and um, there's quite a big sort of Anglophone expat community as well in Berlin. So it's a very international city. So I think it's, it's a nice, supportive uh, production um, environment if you want to, yeah. to, to, to take your production there. Um, what else in terms of differences or similarities? Um, well, I guess we have, a, we have a similar system to the UK in the sense that we have a, a public broadcasting company, which is similar to the BBC. We also have, of course, private television, private channels. Um, so that's pretty similar. Um, in terms of the film culture, let's talk about this whole stories that we tell. I think, of course, they are different. That's naturally to do with Germany's history. Yeah. Um, in terms of filmmaking, Germany used to be very avant-garde in the early days of, of filmmaking, so the 1920s, 1930s, expressionist film, you know. I studied that at university, so yeah. Mm. I mean, what do you mean, Metropolis? Some, um, yeah. Yes. Um, for... Beautiful, stunning visuals, and also very daring um, social commentary, really, commentary on, on the society, on the mm -hmm. culture. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, the National Socialist dictatorship happened, World War Two. That was a, a massive caesura, of course, for Germany, yeah. also for Europe. And afterwards, um, yeah, well, how can I describe German film? Well, there are some very interesting periods in German film. Um, there was a very strong demand for... Um, I guess today you'd call it romantic comedies, mm -hmm. you know, feel-good movies, you know, these family-centered movies during the 50s, the 60s, and then all of a sudden you've got these auteurs coming up, um, like the new wave in France, um, these very daring, young, hungry filmmakers who kind of say, screw, screw our elders, <laughs> screw yeah. our, our Nazi parents, we want to tell different stories, and that's where it becomes, you know, um, Fassbinder, um, Schlöndorf, all these greats, Mar Margarete von Trotter, um, and of course, uh, Wim Wenders, um, and then I had Sock, um, yeah. Fitzgerald, you know, all these, mm -hmm. the 1970s. And currently, uh, then, then Germany became a bit sort of middle of the road again. Mm -hmm. During the 80s, 90s, it was all very um, identical rom-com, comedy, a bit stupid. Um, I wasn't excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that era in German film. But and now we have... Um, sort of a renewal in German storytelling, I would say. Now it gets mm -hmm. interesting. I've just mentioned Tony Erdmann, the German movie, which did really well internationally at Cannes, yeah. got nominated yeah. for the Oscars this year. Um, so there's a new, yeah, how can I describe it? You still get the, you still get the German staple um, diet, I guess. Mm -hmm. You still get these historical films out of Germany, which are either dealing with the Nazi past or the, the Cold War era, so the GDR versus West Germany. Um, and I think that there will probably always be stories to be told about that. Yeah. Um, but I think the young filmmakers, I, uh, because they've been 
because they've grown up in a different society and mm-hmm. they are occup- preoccupied with different themes now. We we live in a different world now um, and there's lots to talk about, mm-hmm. um, about who we are, where mm-hmm. we are within Europe, within the world, um, how we want to live. So I think we, we, we are starting to see these little, um, yeah, these little germs kind of um, blossom and uh, develop into... Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but there are some some good films, especially Berlin. Um, there's something called the Berlin School. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but no. there's a couple of young filmmakers in Berlin. Um, uh, Victoria, for instance, was a, a film that was made in Berlin. Okay. Um, that did pretty well um, internationally. Mm-hmm. It was also a very international film. Um, there was very little German dialogue in it. I think the, the female lead was Spanish. And a lot of the dialogue was in English, but still, it's a German film mm-hmm. by a German director. So I think German film is becoming more international, and it's becoming more, um, uh, more um, um, indicative of the um, of the diversity um, that's increasingly a sign of the German society as well. Yeah. Because German society is becoming more diverse. Mm-hmm. So tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Does that <laughs> answer the question? It I've does tried actually. My best. I mean, there's so much I could talk about. No, um, no, you're right. I mean, as I say, I one of my courses in university, I did German, so we did lots of different sections, and one was film. And some of the best films I've seen are German films. I mean, Metropolis for a society mm. film, as in you know that really up. You mentioned just before the really early segregation of you know the working class and the upper class mm-hmm. spot on and wings of desire you know de himmel oh, uber berlin okay. uh, like you say it's, that's a beautiful film they yeah. wrecked it when they remade it to be cities of angels <laughs> yeah here we go again that, <laughs> yeah that's, the that's, remakes that's um yeah i but, mean i didn't mind city of angels was it was it cute. was a nice film um, but it wasn't it yeah. wasn't to him <laughs> it wasn't the same. But, I mean, it's no Wings of Desire. Wings of Desire is, I mean, Vim Vendas is Vim Vendas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You just can't, you just can't um, beat that. I mean, the other thing, when I lived in Germany, it was in 96. So it's 20, oh my, yeah, this is, how, oh, this is how old I suddenly felt myself when I remembered that was 20 years since I lived in Germany now. <laughs> um, it was all Till Schweiger. I mean, he still remains one of my oh! favourites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. Bless yeah. his heart. Yeah, Till. Till, um, Till Schweiger, Die Bewegte Man, and Knocking on Heaven's oh. Door, which is, I think, it's probably one of my favourite all-time films because there was craziness in it, but the, mm. I just, I loved the film. It really connected with me, and it, it I've got it in DVD upstairs. It, it, uh-huh. I, I really get upset every single time I watch it because I think the story behind it is absolutely amazing. And yeah, I mean, Till Schweiger's like you know, he's for those who don't know who Till is, he's like the, I don't know, he's the German version of Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh no, he's not really Jean Claude Van Damme because he's not a fighter, is he? He's more. Oh, I don't know. Matt you Damon, know, perhaps a... that kind of. <laughs> That's a brilliant question. What? How would? How could we explain Till Schweiger to non-German uh, viewers? <laughs> What? 
Hugo Stiglitz in Inglorious Bastards. That's yeah, it. of course. Yeah, he was in Inglorious Bastards. Um, He's been oh, in he was also in this, in this indie movie with Shia LaBeouf uh, called the, uh, the Necessary Death of Charlie Countryman or something. Mm. It's screened at Berlinale. Well, he... How can I describe him? You either love him or you hate him. Yeah. I have to give credit to Till Schweiger. I've never worked with him. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, whether you love him or hate him, this guy um, does his thing. He, he And he has a project and he, he goes through with it. And, and he has certain projects that he believes in. And he... He doesn't care whether people like it or not, but he yeah. and he, he he does his thing, and I think that's admirable. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, he has a he has had a very long career, and he still, you know, he still has a career, and he he must be doing something right. <laughs> Personally, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a fan of his acting style. I have to say, um, mm -hmm. because for me, um, but that's just me as a person, and it's it's got nothing to do with with him as a person it's just i i just don't connect with his acting yeah. stuff because for me there's always a little bit of of the heart missing mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the best way i can describe it and there are quite a few actors who i think yeah they're doing great and kudos to them if their film is doing great i just can't connect with them in terms mm -hmm. of their acting style that i yeah, yeah. No, that's fair enough <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there was one thing I wanted to say about differences in terms of the acting style. Yeah. Um, that's actually something that is true. Um, the, British acting is different to German acting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I have difficulty describing how so, but I think because acting is, 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 is communicating. It's how, I, we, how we express ourselves. And how we express ourselves, how we communicate, is always culturally um, biased. Yes. Is how we are socialized uh, within our respective cultures. So, mm -hmm. somebody who was who was brought up in Britain uh, will mm -hmm. express themselves differently compared to somebody who was brought up in a Ger Germanophone culture. It's yeah. just different. And um, I remember when I first moved to Germany after I'd spent all these years in in Britain and before mm -hmm. I lived in France and and uh, Canada, uh, I was actually I was quite um, I had a bit of a culture clash and a bit of a. Uh, um, 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 a strange just experience with mm -hmm. the way my German colleagues were acting. I just, I was like, mm, <laughs> um, this is not, this is not a judgment at all on, on any kind of acting style. Well, um, no, you're right. It's, it's a cultural different. thing because it's, you, you, it's the expression you are. You, mm -hmm. There are differences. Yeah. And I have to say German actors do approach, I think they do approach the script and the character more from the intellectual mm -hmm. Side maybe, but I think it's got something to, to do with the way the German language works. It's just our language is just that way. It's very logical. It's yeah. it's very precise. It's mm -hmm. very accurate. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful language. Actually, oh, it is. That's why I love it. I, just, yeah, I can only recommend <laughs> everyone German. No, it, it's it's a it's a fab language um, because all of a sudden you can really pinpoint everything you want to talk about very precisely, and and the acting of course, has to come from that direction. So the, the heart, I think the heart, the emotion, that the the irrational, uncanny side of acting in a German context probably will come after the intellectual, the textual side. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, for me, acting in English has always come first more from the emotional, from the um, subconscious side, mm -hmm. And then the text and the words and, and the other part comes in. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does, yes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
it, it's oh god sorry actually it's right. personal, i hope it does it does i mean uh, maybe for me because i'm i'm a linguist so i and mm. I, i've, I've worked you know i've been in that culture I've, i know that exactly what you're talking about because mm. there is a difference so the approach to life and to and, approach situations is completely different. And both different. are great. Yes. Both are valid and with whatever works for you is great. And I think what's even better is is if you are aware mm. of of other approaches and, and that even gives you an even um, wider range of tools with which you can work. Definitely, a, definitely. And I think it's part yeah. of, you know, I voted to remain in, by the way. <laughs> and I think that's part of it. Oh, bless you. <laughs> but I think... I, yeah, sadly, I, I wasn't able to vote. I, I was going to say, that's part of what I think is what's mm. made the European Union, is, you know, speaking from Europe side of things, has been so great because it's been, it's opened up the borders, it's opened up the cultures to everybody. So people who may in the past have not understood, for example, the German culture, the French culture, the, the way, like mm. you just said, the, the mannerisms and things like that, now there's much, there's been a much better chance to actually understand those and work with them and and it does it in every i mean i'm at the moment where i'm in sony i'm working with polish i've got german we've got italian Spanish. it's just fun you know and it's been like that for years where i've been working multicultural and i Isn't think this fantastic it's just a fun, it is, it's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> world where we can work with people from you know it, you never used to be able to do that and i think that does help like you say for people to understand different acting styles in that respect because they understand that's the that's just the culture and they respect and, and they acknowledge and work with the fact that you know people have different you been a different culture will have a different way of uh, expression and and it's unique and like i say it's all it's all they're all brilliant and it's unique and it's what makes what makes it great i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> to basically just <laughs> completely summarize what i've just said in, in a sentence it's great <laughs> Uh, sorry, if that made sense, I muted myself. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, no, it, it, it's um, it's very exciting, and um, and um, in terms of my my study background, my academic background, I also sort of dabbled in. I did literature, but I dabbled in linguistics, and I, I mean, I grew up with with French, English, and German. So, and I've just always been fascinated by how different languages um, have access to the world in different ways, and how they how they make sense of what they see. Um, uh, the German language is very results-oriented. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going from point A to point B, and, and the, the English language has the present progressive. I am going from A to B. Yeah. So there's a process of going, and this whole, what while I'm going, I'm doing this, and then I'm, and I'm making a phone call. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry, this is sort of insider jokes here from, <laughs> from the linguists, but um, yeah, no, no, exactly. My my lecturer Nigel Smith, my old lecturer, I'm friends with him on Facebook still. He's, mm. a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, he he'd be interested because he taught us all about, and it's the way. It's the way the voice speaks as well. So this is really going into linguistic geekiness now. <laughs> yes, come on, let's be no, please, let's be linguistic geeks. I love that. It's it's the palate as well because. It's how people. Can... It's muscular. Yeah, and I think that's how actor it would be benefit actors because if you find out from, you know, uh, the way different people speak. I mean, the British we speak pretty much with the middle of the palate. I think the Ger- Germans very much speak with it. It's, you know, because of, ich weiß nicht is very much the front, and then if you, mm-hmm. towards the front, and if you 
this this great I loved I've never forgotten how he taught us this and if you if you use the back it's how the Americans speak and so it's if more, you, yeah. yeah if you start putting on putting on the uh, speaking the back of the throat you can put on a yeah. bit of an American accent <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you have a very good American accent <laughs> oh, thank mine you. is rubbish <laughs> <laughs> I started out by doing Forrest Gump like everyone did when I was at uni it's like life is like a box of chocolates you never know what oh, you're going to get. I, I never knew. I need to watch. I love Forrest Gump, so maybe, maybe um, to to plan my my arrival in the uh, Los Angeles market, I should probably prepare. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Um, no, it, it's it's funny because sometimes I uh, I work with an with an RP or with an accent coach mm. in London, um, and she also made me aware of how where we place the sounds and mm-hmm. depending on the language. And it was so funny how she could detect where my German sounds were located, and, on, and now while I'm talking, I'm becoming very self-conscious <laughs> because I'm, I'm I'm checking my 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 mouth. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, am I placing my sounds correctly? No. Um, and she sort of she made me. She basically made me voice sounds in different ways and place them in different locations, and it was really fascinating. And it's taught me a lot about, um, for instance, how the, how the English sound system works and compared to the German one. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's, 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 it, yeah, the the English is very much, um, yeah, it's sort of towards the front, but not too much. I think. It's yeah, the, the German one's slightly more forward than that. It's it's, mm. it's the way you place the tongue on the palate, isn't it, to make the noises and. Um, I think the French is quite very. The French oh, is really, really. The, the French is, is, is all you hear in the front of the mouth, and it's very, very petite, and uh, yeah. it's very cute, and um, <laughs> yes, uh, and it's always the accent is always at the at the end of the sentence, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I, I love the French. Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, I do as well. Um, but yeah, you're right. But that's very, you know, it's definitely it's all about how, and I think it's that's probably as an actress and an actor that probably really does benefit knowing those kind of linguistics because yeah. you can get that get that working that was a nice little trip down linguistic lane for <laughs> are we are we doing okay time wise oh we know. are yeah sorry i know i'm keeping are you digressing I'll, we are digressing a bit I'll, I'll bring you back i've got sorry. i'll remove some questions it's fine this has been fascinating now. i think people love this so don't worry really <laughs> yeah <laughs> linguistic geekiness yes <laughs> okay i've got some fun questions for you now anyway all right. What's your favourite film? <gasps> oh, um, Melancholia okay. by Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know Melancholia? I've not seen it, no. <laughs> oh, my God. You have to see it. It's it's utterly depressing and utterly brilliant. But, you know, Lars von Trier, the Danish filmmaker yeah. of Dogma uh, fame and mm-hmm. Dogville and whatnot. Um, Melancholia um, features Kirsten Dunst. Um and it's she's she's a massively depressed woman, and basically melancholia is a planet that's on collision course with Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically like so you have to imagine it's it's like um, Armageddon without Bruce Willis who's there to save the day. So okay, there is no happy end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirsten Dunst has a depression, um, and there's Charlotte Gainsbourg who's who plays her sister. It, it's brilliant. It's total last Montreal. Um, visually, it's absolutely stunning. Um, that was the film that made Lars von Trier a persona non grata in Cannes. Right. Do you remember yeah, that episode where he called himself a Nazi or something mm-hmm. in the press conference? Scandal, scandal. That yeah. was the movie. Right, okay. Um, I, I do remember brilliant. the name of it. I just haven't seen it, so I'll have to watch it. It's total brilliance, yeah. Cool, excellent. If someone made a movie on your life, 
and you could choose any actor in the world to play you, who would it be and why? <laughs> oh my god! Um... <laughs> oh my god I think I would I does it does it matter how old she is no no not at all okay well I would probably um I would choose Christine Baronsky okay I, w- I was gonna say Bridget Jones but that's a character not yeah. an actor <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh, Renée Zellweger is pretty cool, but actually, I quite like Christine Baranski. She's the um, you know Christine. Baranski? I do know she. Yes, totally. Yeah, accomplished American actress. Wonderful mm-hmm. body work. Uh, Mamma Mia. Yeah, I remember uh, from that. I remember she was, she was which, in the French as well, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was. She <laughs> was amazing. 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 And um, oh, there's so many great actresses. Um, Oh God, Julie Waters. I mean, <laughs> but she—I don't look like Julie Waters. But I there is actually a, a fake resemblance. <laughs> when you smile, you can see a bit of Julie Waters in you. Oh, I'd, I'd love to be in the movie with Julie Waters. I—I'm I, I'm hoping they're going to make a Brexit movie, and then maybe <laughs> I could play Julie Waters' estranged German granddaughter or something. <laughs> and not? and the Brexit will forever divide us, or maybe we'll have a happy family reunion. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's not funny. I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's all right. No, no, you never know. You never know. Joke about politics. But I was going to say, <laughs> it might might be easier with a different thing than Brexit, but that wouldn't be Britain involved. That would be another country. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> but we'll move on swiftly away from there. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's the best experience you've had yet in acting? Oh, um, probably um, doing a play in London mm-hmm. called um, Secret Boulevard. Um, that was a five-week run in London, and uh, it was fantastic because I just loved the character. It, it was a really, really cool character. I played a, a German emigre mm-hmm. to um, Hollywood, um, and I was nominated for an Off West End Award for that, uh, oh. for that part, uh, in the category of um, Best Lead Actress. Uh, and, and that was just amazing because, um, you know, as, to be nominated as a, as a foreign actress for London Theatre Award was just a massive honour. And yeah. I said, well, no way, what, what, what? But, uh, yeah, no, the critics liked it. And, and it, was just, um, it was just a beautiful experience because the, the cast was amazing and we were just such a lovely... A close-knit theatre family and best five weeks of my life so far. Excellent, excellent, great. It sounds like a great experience to have. It was. Cool. Okay, can you tell me three random things about yourself? Sure. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a doctor. I have a PhD oh, okay. in comparative <laughs> literature. Um, I love to box. Okay. Like, Proper boxing. I'm. I'm pretty, and I have a very good um, left hook. Okay, it's good that I'm in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I would never, never, never hurt a man. No, never. No, no, no. I don't. I don't go out looking for trouble. But I think it's nice when a lady knows how to throw a punch. I mm-hmm. think that that's a good thing. Um, and I once worked for Disneyland Paris. Really? All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Not as a character, but mm-hmm. as a as a um, sort of salesperson in a boutique in um, Frontierland, 
Oh. And I was wearing sort of cow, cowgirl boots and mm-hmm. a cowboy hat. And it, it was freaky but fun. Uh, <laughs> actually going there on holiday in October. Oh, Paris, Disneyland yeah, Paris. Paris, yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, it, it was right after school, so mm-hmm. I was looking for something meaningful and, and um, financially rewarding uh, <laughs> for the summer. And it was actually a, like a program for young, for young Europeans, actually, to come and work in Disneyland. And I thought, that's fun. Let's earn a couple of quid and, and have some fun and enjoy the summer in Paris. Why and, not? Um, it was fabulous. <laughs> Fantastic! Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going. Been to the Florida one, never been to never been to Paris yet. Mm. So no, I think it's it's nice. I mean, I think they've expanded it a lot since then. But uh, I think it's it, it's cute. It's a very cute. Well, for us working there, it was a very cute mixture of American corporate culture and French mm-hmm. je ne sais quoi. So that was a funny a funny mixture of both. <laughs> okay. Yep, mm. I can't wait to go. Yeah, it will be, um, like you say, Americanized Disney with French culture. It'll be uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> cool. I've got three more questions for you. You'd be glad cool. to know. You've just attended Berlin, Berlinale, which is one of the reasons, mostly that we've taken so long to get together. The other reasons is because I kept, for people who don't realise, this is probably about the seventh attempt that Julia <laughs> and I have tried to get together to talk. Um, oh, we made it! Yeah, we, we finally made it. So yes, tell me about Berlinale. It's a Berlin Film Festival, that's correct? Yes, um, I'm not sure whether, I think in, in, in the international vernacular, it's probably called the Berlin International Film Festival, mm-hmm. but we always call it Berlinale in German, it's called Berlinale, so um, yeah, the Berlinale is um, it's one of the, the so-called A festivals, it's one of mm-hmm. the most important festivals in, in the film festival calendar. Um, it's basically like every film festival, it's 10 days of, of utter madness, um, <laughs> running around, uh, trying to squeeze in film screenings. Um, and for me, um, as an actor, it was a mixture of um, networking events, mm-hmm. watching a couple of films, and um, and also doing some political work. I'm um, just to sort of, um, as a footnote, um, I'm also um, a volunteer for my regional branch for the German Actors Union, which is okay. the German equivalent of Actors uh, of Equity. Sorry, Equity right. UK. Equity UK. Um, so I'm sort of one of, part of the organising um, sort of uh, group for the Berlin region, um, and so we have we are currently we've sort of teamed up with um, a few political initiatives. Uh, we're currently addressing things such as uh, the gender pay gap. Or, um, um, or retirement for actors. So during the Berlinale, we've had a few events that I was also involved with. Um, and what else? Yeah, Berlinale, um, in terms of the, um, the program, it's an interesting festival. It's not always... Some people say the Berlinale is a very political festival and the films that are screened there, there's always mm-hmm. a deeper meaning or... or they, they, they sort of are more in the political spectrum of, of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's, it's, I tell everybody who's, who's interested in film festivals, go and attend Berlinale. I think it's a very interesting, rich uh, festival. The only um, downside to it is, is that it takes place in Berlin in February, mm-hmm. which is a bloody nightmare in terms <laughs> of weather. Everybody's freezing. Everybody gets a cold, which is why I got a cold and we had to postpone <laughs> one more time. Um, 
and it's just not and, and especially for us girls um well you know we we when we go to these evening receptions we mm-hmm. we dress up of course and then you wear your high heels um and it, when you've got like 10 centimeters of snow and slush it's um it's a bit difficult mm-hmm. you don't always want to pay for a cab um berlin has a fantastic uh, public transportation system so what i now do in the, during the first couple of years i attended i i had blisters after two days so now I always take a bigger bag and I have my my comfy trainers right. in there and I usually I swap them at the uh, um, coat check <laughs> and then right. I bring out the stilettos and then I, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah what else can I tell you about Bellinale um, hmm it's a very uh, oh one thing also that's uh, specific to Bellinale because Cannes for instance um is different again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cannes is only for industry. Um, the Berlinale specifically is, is what they call a publicums festival. So it's a, it's a festival for the people. Yeah. So everybody can get tickets. Um, okay. And I think that's a very nice thing. Exactly. So, of course, you know, and I think that that's just brilliant. Of course, if you are a member of the film industry, you can get accreditation and uh, you get your tickets for free. But even if you are a member of the public, and you want to see a film, um, even if it's if it's a red carpet event at the main sort of screening palace where yeah. George Clooney will walk the red carpet, you theoretic theoretically you can get tickets for that. Of course, the tickets Ooh. sell out. Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> so you you should bring your sleeping bag and you should be prepared to start queuing uh, sort of at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to really get that um, um, premiere screening. Um, but it's possible. And I think that's a, that's a, actually a very nice thing about Berlinale. Cool. No, it's, 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 it is different, like you say, because most film festivals like Cannes and everything like that, they are exclusively for people in the industry. So it's nice to have, yeah. know, to open that up for everybody to go and, and, and mm. take part and... Uh, it enhances profiles for yourself as well, you know, because you can get to mix with people yeah. and, and talk with them as well. It's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Two questions left. I'm going to leave the, the tricky... It's not a tricky one. I'm going to leave the fun one till the end. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, have, what have you worked on recently and what have you got in the pipeline? What's coming out? What can we... What, ah, yes. I know, I know there's a couple of things I've seen, so pl- plug away. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well... Uh, well, I, I, what I'm currently working on, I well, I've just um, I've just finished. Well, we, me and my uh, co-producer, we finished a um, comedy short film mm-hmm. that we're currently sending to festivals. So um, we have an agency representing us in that regard, and they are sending the film to festivals. The the film is called um, The Assistant, The Doctor, and The Cosmic Hug. Okay. <laughs> uh, cosmic hug being uh, the operative word here, because uh, basically I play a hugging coach, mm-hmm. an anthropologist and a hugging coach slash hugging coach, Dr. Susie M. Yeah. Um, you know, and she she um, she plans to have her own show as well, like Dr. Phil and all these doctors. But but that's you know that's that comes later. For now, she's got this hugging DVD, and she's got the world's only certified hugging program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's teaching you how to hug properly because you know a good hug means technique, and you know the, the whole spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lots of people have difficulty with hugging, and it can really screw up your life. So. <laughs> Don't despair. There's Dr. Suzanne, and she will teach you all about the cosmic hug. So that's the short film, um, and it was born out of a out of this crazy idea that I once had um, because I, I've always admired the free huggers, you know, that give out the free hugs. Oh yeah. 
And I've always laughed at the the um, the American uh, sort of shopping channels, you know, these these infomercials that mm -hmm. go on forever and ever, like App Fab Trainer Number <laughs> Ten or whatever. <laughs> and so I, we sort of combined the two, and we went with a free hugger who wants to make lots of money out of mm -hmm. his free hugs, and that's okay. how Dr. Suzanne was born. And another um, project I'm currently working on. Um, we stopped filming during the winter break because of um, the weather. Mm -hmm. But now we're, we are going to resume filming another um, comedy, uh, which is called Ass Angel Kisses. Ass um, looking like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ass so Angel Kisses. <laughs> yes. Ass, I, I'm not sure if Ass Angel Kiss is a word, but I'm going to declare it a word now. And <laughs> so Oxford or Cambridge Dictionary of English... Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, put it in. Um, basically, uh, the English expression would be a blessing in disguise. Um, in German, Arschengelkuss, the, the kiss of uh, a shitty angel, basically, or, yeah. <laughs> or, or, <laughs> or a mean angel. It's, it's basically when, when something bad happens to you. And and, um, and the character I play, Norma, she is she's a bit of a Bridget Jones type. So she mm -hmm. kind of stumbles across all kinds of problems and and whatever she does uh, she always ends up screwing up and and nothing works out the way she wants it to work out um what, what she doesn't realize is that there is a meaning to that and and behind that behind all these bad things happening to her there's actually um there's a light at the end of the tunnel and she just needs to hold on for that little while longer yeah um But, you know, it's easier said than done, I guess. So there you go. That's As Angel Kisses. Um, oh, and another thing that is not, it's very, still very hush-hush um, at the moment. Well, it's, it's a, basically, it's, I'm, I'm currently pitching a web series. Again, it's comedy. My God, people will think I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bloody German, for Christ. Um And I'm really, I am a serious actress too, you know. I don't only do comedy. Uh, but I'm currently pitching a web series um, set in Berlin, um, but it's going to be an international web series. I might actually shoot it in English or sort of in, in various languages. We'll see. Okay. Um, and it's a bit of a... Um, It's a bit of a glee club for mid-30s losers. Um, right. Um, and it's got a little bit of unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in there as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know that series. I think it's hilarious. Um, well, it's it's these um, it's these unbreakable losers. You know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's going to be a bunch of mid thirties to early forties people in Berlin. Uh, Berlin can be a slacker paradise, and I think <laughs> this. I'm going to put this bunch of losers together, and um, they're going to try and make the the best, the most out of. Cool. They're desperate situations. Sounds good. <laughs> And there's going to be singing in there as well. All right, excellent, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds um, intriguing. So, yeah, so that that's me for now. So that keeps me busy. Fantastic. Some good stuff's come out there as well. Looks, uh, keep an eye out for those. <laughs> mm. yeah, And, of course, there's, there's Cannes Film Festival coming up in May, so... Of course, yes. <laughs> getting ready for that. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's going to be a big one as well, isn't it, for we, so... Mm. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's um, and of course it's May and it's the south of France, so the weather yeah, is usually pretty decent. Yeah, better than February in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. My last question then for you is, 
the one you've probably been dreading. It's not bad. It's fine. Is that a trick question? No, no. it's a weird question. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird question. I, I've, I, someone asked it to me. I had Mike Quinn on, who's um, who's been a muppet, a muppeteer for thir- right. for thirty five years, and he's been you know with Jim Henson and stuff and everything like that. And someone threw a question to me, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask everyone that question because it's and I have. Okay. <laughs> if Bring you, it on. <laughs> if you could be a muppet, what kind of muppet character would you be? Ah, um, oh my God. <laughs> I hope it's, is that a Muppet character? Big Bird? Yes, Sesame Street, yes, Muppet, same sort of thing. Is, is, that, is that the same? Yes, yes, that's Jim Henson, so yeah. Okay, does that, okay, but, yeah, um, Big, Big Bird, and I think in, in German we call him Bebo. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I'm not sure, I think in German, the German name is Bebo, but it, it's Big Bird, the big yellow funny bird, and... But I do have a bit of a cookie. Is it Cookie Monster? Cookie Monster, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of Cookie Monster in me, um, but I'm mostly I'm mostly Big Bird. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Because he's just big and yellow and 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 weird, cute. <laughs> so there fair you enough. go. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good answer. Not a Big Bird yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think Keisha said she'd be Miss Piggy because she's a she's a woman who's determined and knows what she wants, which I thought was a great one. Yeah, Miss 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 Piggy is pretty kick-ass. I like her, <laughs> um, but I, I'm not. I don't think I would be Miss Piggy. No, 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 no. no. and no, I just... wouldn't be Kermit. No, I wouldn't be. No, uh, big I think I would. Choice. <laughs> yeah, Big Bird. I did like. Oh, 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 oh. Did, was there a, this uh, this Swedish chef? Hurdy gurdy gurdy, put the chicken in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in German he says Mörepop, Mörepop, I think. <laughs> and oh my god, and I remember, and there was this um, this scientific assistant who my like was Beaker. it? Beaker. Yeah, the little, he always gets blown up. <laughs> I I have a um, oh my god, should I say this or this? Okay, here comes some weirdness from Julia. Okay, you've got <laughs> Beaker. I actually I um. In my home in Berlin, I have mm-hmm. a I have a plush, a, a stuffed penguin, a stuffed baby penguin. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a stuffed toy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, no, it's really weird when when you meet an adult. I think. Okay, so let's lift the veil. Let let's let's be very open. I think it's totally cool for adults to have stuffed toys. Okay. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> I only have one. It's a baby penguin, and I've named him Beaker. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. It's out in it's in the open. It's out, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant. And in parting, before I stop recording, is there anything you'd like to say to people who are listening or watching? <laughs> Keep forgetting about watching, but... <laughs> oh, God, I've, I've completely... Yeah, um, well, I just I just want to say, well, thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope it's been interesting. I've, I've certainly enjoyed the talk. I think yeah, it's been super great. fun. <laughs> um... I hope I've not made a complete fool out of myself. Um, <laughs> but there you go. That's Germans to you. So, gute Nacht, uh, guten Tag, auf Wiedersehen und passt auf euch auf. Und ja, be good and be creative. <laughs>